So, are you with the resistance? Another movie quote here. Now, most of you probably know this question. This was asked a couple times to FN2187, also known as Finn, right? In Star Wars 7. And each time he was asked this question, he kind of gave a blank look. Like, what? What are you talking about? Why are you asking me this? Well, tonight, I ask you the same question. Are you with the resistance? And you give me that same look. Why are you asking me this? What are you talking about? I want to look at three reasons and three ways that we relate to resistance as we walk with the Lord. First, the principle of resistance. Second, the power of resistance. And third, the practice of resistance. And so first, the principle of resistance. The New Testament uses the word resist to describe the believer's response to Satan and his demons attack on our lives. We call it spiritual warfare. Listen to what Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking to whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. James, also in James 4, 7 says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Paul in Ephesians 6, 10-12 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle, wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And so there's a number of things that we can learn about biblical resistance from these passages. They become very clear to us. First, we see that we have an enemy. Our enemy is not the opposite of God, but he's a fallen angel. He wanted to be called Lucifer in Isaiah 14. We're told that this angel was filled up with pride. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to receive worship as God. And because of that, he was cast out of heaven. Revelation 12, 4 says that when Lucifer was cast out of heaven, he deceived one-third of the angels to fall in his rebellion. And so now Lucifer and the fallen angels are now sealed in their fallen nature. They're without grace and they're without the ability to repent. Their mission is to wreak havoc and turn people away from the Lord. And we see some of their titles here and some of their acts and some of their missions in these verses. Lucifer is called the devil, which means slander. He's a liar. He lied to Eve in the very beginning, and he seeks to deceive people and lie to people today. Evolution is one of the greatest lies out there today. Slander could also refer to his accusations against believers. Revelation 12.10 calls Satan the accuser of the brethren. He seeks to constantly go before God and accuse us. But we have Jesus, the advocate, who is always interceding for us. Lucifer is called a roaring lion. He walks about like a roaring lion, seeking to whom he may devour. He's filled with envy, jealousy, and hatred for God. He roams the earth to and fro... With the, and, and also with his network of demons seeking to turn mankind away from God and to keep them in bondage of sin. See, he's not everywhere at once, but he seeks to roam this earth. He's called an adversary. The word adversary means a relentless enemy who seeks to pursue believers. So just like these enemies in these movies, he's constantly, relentlessly seeking after people to devour them. Concerning demons... Ephesians 6, 12 says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness in this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. There's much we can say about this verse, 
But for now, I want to point out that they're intelligent, fallen spiritual beings. They are, carry, they, they are being controlled by Satan, and they're designed to carry out his mission, which is to turn people away from God. Now, one way that they do that is by controlling the fallen world system. 1 John 5.19 says, We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So this entire world, this world system, is all controlled by Satan and his network of demons. What are those things? How do they control people? 1 John 2, 16-17 says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. You see, Satan and his demons are organized And they have created strategies in order to ensnare man through sinful passions and sinful desires. Now, just take three of the major vices that we see from these things. Lust of the eyes, covetousness, adult pornography. Lust of the flesh, drug and alcohol abuse. Pride of life, materialism, the theory of evolution. Trying to exalt man above God. Trying to make man the creator and not God, Romans 1 says. So maybe tonight, like Finn, you knew that there was something going on. But you are unaware of the reality of this enemy and the reality of our response in faith to this spiritual battle. You see, we can't ignore this reality of the fact that we have an enemy and that we're in a spiritual battle. We can't escape it. Satan wants to destroy our relationship with Jesus. He wants to destroy the ministry of the gospel. Satan will try any and every way to put us back into bondage under this world system, which Jesus has rescued us from. Now, the way the enemy and his demons desire to do this is, as I said earlier, it's through temptation. This is a simple yet time-tested and effective tactic that Satan seeks to bring against us. Temptation in the context of spiritual warfare can be described as any thinking or anything that desires to pull us away from God and his nature and his word. Think back to Satan's attack on Eve in the Garden of Eden. Right after man was created... There the enemy fell, and there he seeked to attack man. Notice his temptations. There was deception. You see, Satan came to Eve as a friendly-looking serpent. He didn't come and say, hey, I'm the fallen angel, Lucifer. He came in deception. And then he asked, did God really say that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? He tried to deceive her according to the word. God didn't say that. God said that she can eat of all the trees of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil she can't eat. For the day that she eats of that... She'll die. But he said, did God really say you can't eat of anything, any tree of the garden? He was trying to deceive her. Then he tried to tempt her with doubt. He said, you will not surely die. Oh, did God really say that? No, God's not telling the truth. You won't die. He's trying to put doubts in her head according about the word of God, about the nature of God. Then there was the temptation to disbelieve God's goodness. The serpent wanted Eve to believe that God was actually holding something back from her. He said, no, you're not going to die, but God knows that in the day you eat of it, you'll be like him. You'll know good and evil. And the enemy seeks to do that to people today, to cause us to disbelieve God and his nature, thinking that he's against us or in some way holding us back from what's actually good for us. Then there's the appeal to the appetite through sin, an appeal to a human appetite through sin. She saw that the tree was good, and that's what the whole temptation was surrounding. It was this fruit. And she took and she ate. Now, just like Eve, the enemy seeks to attack us. It might not be around a tree, but it's whatever in whatever situation you are, wherever the enemy wants to 
attack. Now, what is our response? Are we to fight? Are we to go after Satan? No. We're to resist. We're to resist. The word resist used by Peter and James comes from two Greek words. It means to stand against. To stand against. The believer is to abide in God and his word and resist Satan and his attacks. Now, twice we're promised that if we'll stand against the attacks of Satan and his demons, he'll flee from us. Now, it's important to note that flee does not mean that he'll run away and never come back. But it means that he'll retreat from the battle and seek to come back another time. See, you see, you and I will have lifelong battles as we walk with the Lord. But God has promised us victory in the moment as we walk with God and resist temptations of Satan and his demons. Now, what about the power of resistance? Where does that come from? The power to resist comes from our position in Christ, but also our, as our practice as a believer. Concerning our position in Christ, 1 John 5.18 says, We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. Now, the Apostle John is not saying that you and I can become sinlessly perfect, nor is he saying that Satan can never attack the believer. But he's referring to the fact that you and I have the indwelling Holy Spirit in us. We have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead living in us. And so therefore we can resist the temptations of Satan. We can say no to sin and not put ourselves back under bondage. Concerning the power of our practice, we see in the rest of Ephesians 6, which I read earlier, that we've been given an armor of God to be able to stand against this enemy and resist him. Ephesians 6, 13-18 says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you, may, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking take the shield of faith, with which you were able to quench the, all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. You see, God has provided the believer an armor that is needed to resist Satan and to stand against his schemes and his attacks. We know that we've been given sufficient armor because the Bible says here that we can withstand the enemy in the evil day. The word withstand, I'm told, in Greek is the same word that is used by James and Peter. It's the same word as the word resist. So they say, hey, resist the devil, you know, resist Satan. And then Paul says, take up the armor of God that you may be able to resist or withstand the enemy in that day. What is the armor of God? Well, it's the principles and promises given in the scriptures through our faith in Jesus Christ. Simply that's what they are. And as we are in the Word and as we walk with the Lord, we just simply apply them and appropriate them to our walk. It's nothing we have to climb a mountain to find. It's just something that we appropriate and apply that God has given to us as we walk with the Lord. Well, how does this work out? How are these applied? Well, we see the practice of resistance, thirdly, in the example of Jesus, our greatest example, the leader of our resistance. Look at him in Luke 4, chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Here's what it says. Simply, it says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you're the Son of God, command that this stone become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. 
Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you, and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then he brought him up to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. And so Satan relentlessly tempted Jesus for 40 days while he was fasting in the wilderness. And at the end of those 40 days was the pinnacle of his, of his temptation as described here as he was in the wilderness. Satan tried to come and hit Jesus with that three-hit combo of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. But he was unsuccessful because Jesus resisted the devil by applying the word of God and by walking in the word of God. First, Satan tried to tempt him to get out of the will of God by turning the stones into bread. But Jesus appealed to Deuteronomy 8.3 and said, Man shall live by not bread, but by every word that proceeds from God. Satan sought to get Jesus out of the will of God to receive glory by bypassing the cross. And Jesus said, I won't bow to worship you because it says in Deuteronomy 6.13, You shall worship the Lord your God and him only. Then Satan sought to take Jesus outside the will of God and put him on the pinnacle and say, fill yourself down, that God would have to respond and glorify you and show everybody that you are the Son of God. And Jesus quoted again Deuteronomy 6.16. And notice the result of Jesus' resistance. Satan fled from him, but it wasn't forever. It was for an opportune time when he would seek to come back and attack Jesus again. You see, this account reveals Jesus' tactics to resist Satan, but also reveals Satan's tactics to come against us. You see, Satan wants to tempt the believer to leave the will of God. That's what it's all about, to leave the will of God. Why? Because the will of God is what's going to defeat Satan and his demons. The will of God is the best place for the believer. The will of God is where we're going to grow and be used. Because of this, we must resist Satan and his attacks by abiding in the will of God and by abiding in the word of God. Don't get sidetracked with sin, which pulls you away from the will of God, nor get sidetracked with thinking that you have to go out and somehow fight Satan, which takes you out of the will of God. It's like those movies, right, where they're lined up in the line and they're going to do battle, and all of a sudden these guys over here think that they need to break the line and go attack the enemy, and then the whole line falls. Well, that's what people think. Well, they need to go out and fight the devil in their own strength. No, you don't have to fight the devil. We're to walk in the will of God. The Lord is the one who's going to do the victory, do the battle, All we have to do is resist the devil and continue on, not get sidetracked, continue on with with what the Lord is calling you to do. Now, before we close, I want to point out one more very effective weapon that God has given to us to be victorious as we walk with the Lord and also to help others be victorious as they walk with the Lord. Paul in Ephesians 6.18 said, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Prayer is essential and it's effective in giving us and others victory to resist Satan in his attacks. 